Welcome to Let's Be Honest, the podcast where we dive into the depths of shared life experiences and celebrate the incredible stories you awesome people have to tell. I'm your host, Haley with a G, and together we're going to embark on a journey of laughter, tears, and everything in between. Each episode, we're going to hear firsthand accounts, relatable anecdotes, and powerful narratives from remarkable individuals. Sit back, open your heart, and let's explore the vibrant world of shared experiences that truly make us who we are. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Be Honest. On today's episode, I have, and I feel like I say all my guests are special, but this one's a, not really a guest. She's extra, extra special. My beautiful wife, Crystal, aka producer of the show as well. Welcome to the show, honey. <laughs> Thank you, babe. That was a really good introduction. I'm happy to be here. I know I, I had to do a good introduction or else. Yeah. <laughs> happy spouse, happy house, right? <laughs> All right. So today's episode, um, I say is extra special because it's near and dear to our heart because it's something that we went through. Um, obviously, we're in a same sex relationship. So this episode is going to give everyone a little bit of a background behind the curtain look at our life um and some things that we've been through so in your words why don't you let them know how we met and how we are here today okay so Haley and I met about eight years ago on an app called her and I was at work hanging out with one of my coworkers in the gym and we just were swiping and swiping and swiping and I came across a picture of Haley and she looked gorgeous so I messaged her and from there, we started messaging for about two weeks, and then we finally met. After we met, we were inseparable. What she means by after we met, we were inseparable. Basically, I was living in Miami, and she was living up north, basically like an hour and a half. It was more like two-hour drive. And after two weeks, basically, of talking, we couldn't be apart from each other, so she would drive down to my house on Tuesdays through Thursdays, driving back and forth to work in the mornings. Mm -hmm. And then I would drive up Fridays through Mondays. So we kind of did that for how long do you think? We did not do that for very long. I feel like like maybe no, a few months. Yeah. So April, I know, is when I officially moved up, mm -hmm. quit my job, moved up. And we started talking at the end of November, December. Right. So we started talking at the end of November. I moved up in April. We bought a house in May. U-Haul. <laughs> so yes, uh, anyone listening that doesn't know what a U-Haul means is in every lesbian relationship, the first thing we bring to a date is a... U-Haul. A U-Haul truck. U-Haul truck. Yeah. yeah, because we meet and we mate. <laughs> <laughs> we meet and we mate. It's it's We're like penguins when it comes to that. You and I, yeah. You and I, for sure, penguins. You mate once. So when we met, I had Sophia. She was a year and, um, no, wait, two years and a month old. A fresh two. Yeah, fresh two. She had just turned two. That was very scary for me. To, to be with someone that had a kid. Yes, that was the first time I'd ever been with anybody who had a child. How did you, because we, we started talking about it in the beginning, um, when we were first chatting on the app, did you kind of like ignore that? Because I feel like I told you right away. It wasn't something that I was hiding. Yeah, you told me right away because you asked if 
the child in my picture was my daughter. And I said, no, that's my niece. And then that's when you told me that you had a two-year-old. Yeah, I, I remember that. The picture that you had, I was like, oh, score. She's hot and she has a kid. Yeah, this no, is a win-win. No kid. <laughs> no kid. But I feel like right away you jumped into that role of like second parent and um, really welcomed us. Obviously, there was, you know, issues here and there, but you welcomed us with wide arms, you know, open arms. We became part of your family immediately and your family was very welcoming and loving in that way yeah loving you means loving her marrying you mean marrying her you know you guys were together you're a package yeah but i feel like sometimes you pick her over me what yeah and you call her your right hand she is my right hand i know and she says it too uh. Excuse me, I'm her right hand to get it right. (laughs) I mean, you've had her since she had just turned two, so it's a long time. Yeah, It's all she knows. So really, the conversation that we were wanting to have today was more on where we are now in life. So obviously, we have two kids, so Sophia and Kai. So I want to talk a little bit about the process that we went through with being a same-sex couple, doing insemination, and doing that process so we decided that you were going to carry since i had already had the opportunity and experience with having sophia was that a non-negotiable for you what do you mean non-negotiable like you had to carry i would say i didn't have to carry i wanted to carry thankfully you you were supportive of that and then years down the road you wanted to carry again I still do. Yeah, no. (laughs) She's done at two. I wouldn't say that it was non-negotiable. Like at that time you were in school, you know, I really wanted to have a baby and go through that experience. So I'm glad that it was me. Yeah, I mean, definitely it happened the way it had to happen. Yeah. But um, so for us, the process first off was deciding to find a donor. So we went... And we did a ton of research because, of course, we knew nothing about the donation process or any of that. Neither of us had experienced this. So we went through California Cryobank. Yeah, that was expensive. I think we spent like two to three grand on two doses. (laughs) Don't say doses because you didn't drink that, honey. All two. (laughs) Two vials. It was two vials. So explain to them how the process was. So basically, we went on the site. So we went on the site. We were able to look at baby pictures, um, photos of, I believe, when he was like a teenager. Not any adult photos. No there? adult photos. No. Yeah, so a lot of baby photos, um, very clear descriptions on, you know, the way that the, the person looked and their health. Yeah. So there was complete disclosure of like um, genetic testing. It was very like very well structured we got a full view into what the donor's life was like without actually physically seeing what he looked like yeah so i wanted obviously i wanted my baby to have blue eyes because i have blue eyes and Haley and sophia have brown they're basically twins uh so i picked we picked a donor that had blue eyes um very active outdoorsy was on his profile um so that's how we picked we picked him and we got two 
vials sent to us from California. And that was dated, like, he had donated in 2016, and this was what, 2018? Yes. So... It had been frozen for a while. It had been frozen. Then we, we get home one day. I don't remember where we were, but at the front door, there was, like, this huge canister that looked like a bomb. So, actually, we got that delivered to my parents' house. Oh, I don't remember that. Yes, we got it. It looked like an alien, like... It looked like a bomb. Yeah, and the vials were inside of it frozen and like it, dry ice it was yeah like nine hundred dollars for shipping yeah because it was like nitrogen like mm-hmm. a big nitrogen can canister yeah. i didn't remember that it was to your parents yeah. so what did they say so i told we told my mom and then it got delivered and she opened it and she's like holy shit what the hell is my this? future grandkids it's been a while right now <laughs> that's pretty yeah. epic okay yeah. so we did that that was about three grand two vials and you have to it's such a weird process because you have to like thaw it Mm -hmm. and then it has to be like at the right temperature like basically um what temperature sperm is at so we did that a lot of shit we don't know anything about no no we did and we did a lot of research we did a lot of research but we so we tried that obviously it didn't work no did not work so we were really bummed because i was in school at the time crystal was the only one working and we paid a lot of money for it yeah, we did. I don't remember the exact amount, but I want to say it was like three grand. It was it was definitely like twenty eight hundred or three yeah. grand. I mean, a thousand bucks almost for shipping alone. So because I feel like what people do is they'll order it, but then they'll have it sent to a fertility doctor and then yeah. they do the IUI there. So you're yeah. spending the money on the sperm, but it's you're, you're for sure going to do it. Yeah. So doing it at home like we definitely failed at that. So then step number two was we decided to go see a fertility doctor. To kind of get information about like how much it would cost to do it at the office, if we should do IVF instead of IUI. And for those of you that don't know, so IUI is just intrauterine. So the sperm just gets put into the uterus versus IVF that it gets put into the egg directly. So you have, so obviously it's more expensive and you get more of a chance of actually getting pregnant. But we decided not to go that route because... Well, we went to the doctor and basically they wanted to set me up for appointments every other day. She was like, you need to come in this day for a vaginal ultrasound and then this day for shots and hormones. And so it was really overwhelming. And I think we decided at that point, hey, let's give this a few more tries. We only tried it twice. at that, So let's give it a few more tries. And if we still don't have luck, then yes, we'll come and do this extreme route. Right. So after we decided not to do fertility doctor, then we both discuss it. And I feel like it was a hard conversation because in my mind, I always wanted to use like a donor from a bank because you're protected or at least they sell that story where like the donor won't know who the kid is or, you know, you have zero chance of there being a parental rights fight. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Yeah, you don't want an issue to arise when the baby's two years old of some guy coming in and being like, oh, my God, he looks just like me. Right. Can I have him this weekend? Whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. So we were very adamant about, like, not wanting to use a known donor. But at this point, we had tried the bank. Um, Chris knew of someone that would be willing to donate to us. And obviously, we can't disclose his information because we've gone through court paperwork and, you know, we have contracts in place where... His identity can't be disclosed. So we had the discussion. We met with a known donor. It was kind of clear from the start that 
he just wanted to help us. It wasn't, um, it wasn't coming from a place of like, I'm doing this to gain something from it. So he looked at you and I in our relationship and the way that we were parenting Sophia and all the amazing trips and the beautiful life that we create and give to Sophia. Um, he loved your mom being Hispanic and being able to have, uh, you know, some of that culture in this child's life. Right. So I don't think he was doing it to gain anything from it. I think it was he was doing it from a good place in his heart. Yeah, absolutely. Terrific place. So we set everything up with him, um, actually met with a notary and I drew up a contract because apparently in another life I was an attorney. Could have been. (laughs) I could have been. So we met with the donor with a, a notary. I drew up the contract where it said basically that he was going to donate for us. We were going to pay him for the donations. But at any time, if he changed his mind or didn't want to do this any longer, then he could back out of it. So it was very protective of both him and us. Um, and I felt comfortable with that because it was a legal binding document that, you know, um, I don't know, gave me kind of like comfort in knowing that we weren't just like willy nilly hey, come over one day, like kind of, you know, playing it by ear. It was set in stone. Everything said that, you know, he was not interested in having parental rights, that he wasn't going to fight for custody, kind of had all that set out from the beginning. Yeah. So I feel like even having that document, though, did not protect us from after the child was being born, him wanting anything to do with the baby. Thank God it didn't go that way. But I feel like that document that we had notarized did not mean anything really until the child was born right well until the child was born but i feel like if if worse comes to worse and we would have sat before an attorney um a judge i mean in the court that is a binding document yeah but he does have the right to change his mind as well about donating but he didn't have the right to change his mind about parental rights because that was specifically stated and i know where you're coming from because of what we experienced afterward Mm mm-hmm but I do recommend anyone that is starting on this process with a known donor to get a get a form signed saying, hey, I'm going into this knowing that I'm not going to be this child's parent. I'm just donating kind of. That way, the, the court system knows the donor's intentions, at least. Right. Exactly. From the yeah. beginning. Yeah. So it's like if it becomes a legal battle, then, you know, there's there's no. Oh, from the beginning, I knew this was going to be my child kind of thing. Yeah. It's a tricky, tricky, tricky subject. It's a tricky subject, but I'm glad that we're doing it because I, when we were researching, there was literally nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I feel like we're pioneers. Yeah. <laughs> pioneers in our area. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, we kind of got lucky because our donor is fantastic. Yes. Um, But I can see how with, like sperm donation or even surrogacy, how this can go south quickly. Absolutely. So we had the paperwork done um, with the donor. We decided to do the Mosey syringe system, which if anybody listening is interested in doing that, shoot us an email and I'll send you everything. The kit, there's different kits there. It starts like at a hundred dollars, but it's, I feel like what really worked because everybody jokingly says like turkey based dirt no the science behind this is so specific where the syringe is shaped like a penis and it's created that way so that the sperm doesn't get stuck 
on the in, in the tip of the syringe so that all of the specimen makes it to the uterus. So I feel like it was curved. Yes. To kind of point up. It did. Yes. Yeah. So they've they've definitely done some good research and design when it comes to the syringe. Uh, um, and this is an expensive process. You know, if you're if you're using a donor, that means that you're paying um, for sperm. And if you're doing it in office, you're paying for the the injections you're, you're paying for a lot of stuff so you want to make sure that you use something that's gonna lead to good results so anybody interested i can i can share that link with you so that's the mosey syringe um to do iui at home now we tried with the known donor three times a month for about four months three months it was three months three months okay so three times a month for three months i researched of course we knew you have the processes, you inject, inject the, the sperm with the syringe, right away have to put your legs up, your hips have to be up for about 30 minutes to let the sperm kind of travel and settle. But no, everybody that knows my wife knows that she cannot sit still for longer than 20 minutes. So I definitely peed the sperm out. 100%. It was disgusting. It, it, oh was, it was really disgusting. But she would literally Ugh. lay for the 30 minutes and then have to go to the bathroom right away after and all of the specimens. So that was like $200 flushing down the toilet every single time. <laughs> it would hurt so bad. So on the last try, I remember that I said, okay, before we do this, you have to go to the bathroom, completely empty your bladder and be prepared not to get up. So that's what she did. Um, basically laid the entire night to let the juices cook, which is disgusting. But she basically laid there the entire night after having her legs up for 30 minutes. We did the whole shebang process. And that's the night that it worked. Yes, it is. That's the night that it worked. Now, people who are starting on this process have questions about, and this is more towards you because obviously you were experiencing it. So tracking the ovulation and getting prepared for like knowing when he should come Huh? no pun intended <laughs> come and, and deliver like the deposit or whatever which was in a um in a urine cup sample cup specimen sample cup that's where he would deposit the the sample in private what was the question how did you like prepare to know when he should bring the the sample oh so we had to buy those ovulation test kits the clear view is what we yeah. used right Clearview. So we had to buy those and, and really stay on top of it in the calendar and track my ovulation to make sure that, you know, we weren't just guessing. Yeah, guessing. So use the, the testing ovulation kits to tell you when you're ovulating and then invite them over. And then I feel like what we did is we found somewhere online that it said um, when your LH search is high, you do it for that day, but then you do it for two days after as well. Because there's still a high chance as the LH search is dropping for the sperm to still um, to still make it make it up there. So I yeah, so track your ovulation and then do it when your LH search is highest and then two days up, like for the next two days as well. Another step we took prior to just injecting sperm into one of us was getting a full panel of blood work and um, STD disease testing done because for the donor yeah for the donor because that's something that was important to me 
Yeah, that was huge. So that was pretty a simple process. All I did was go online and basically you can purchase whatever testing panel or whatever you want. Um, and you put the person's name in, you send them the blood test. You obviously you paid, I think we paid like $300 for mm-hmm. that. And then he just shows up to like a lab court request, does that test. And then the results come directly to you. Yes. I highly recommend that if yeah. you're going to do it with even someone that you know very closely because that's something you don't want to risk um especially with conception and all so that was important to us we did that we tracked the ovulation when we the day we found out you were pregnant tell me about that i don't really remember so the day we found out i peed on a stick at home with sophia Oh, that's true. I was at school. And I found out. And then when you got home, we showed you. We were very excited and happy. So we didn't want to tell many people. Uh, We told my parents and we told your mother. And then... Right away, though? I feel like you were three months pregnant, no? No, we told them right away. And then our sisters and extended family, we told after the first trimester. Okay. And we did... um... It was cute. We went to the to Domino's, I think it was, mm-hmm. and we got some empty pizza boxes. And then inside we had onesies that, what did, what did it say? It said something about like the oven or fresh out the oven. In- it was specific to each person. So like yeah. my sisters, we gave one to. Your mother, we gave one to. So it was specific to each person that we were giving them to. Uh, and we gave it to them on pizza night. So Pizza night, yeah, that was awesome. Everybody was ecstatic. Yeah, it was very, very exciting. Okay, so we found out we were pregnant. The next step was obviously finding an attorney um, because we thought that we could do the whole adoption process, parental rights giveaway before the baby was born. Wrong. Super wrong. Yeah. You have to wait until the baby is born before you can do anything legally, which is stressful. Um, But we did contact attorneys and we did have everything put in place because we wanted to make sure as soon as our son was born, A, the donor signed his rights off legally, and B, Haley was able to adopt him, which again could not be done before he was actually born. Right, which I feel like added a level of stress. Uh, yeah. Um, just because of what could have gone wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so highly recommend anyone that is going through this process to get their ducks in a row um find an attorney in your area and kind of set up a relationship with them i feel like we interviewed how many attorneys several like several some were just yeah i don't know i feel like they all sucked but i feel like yes but I just, I don't know. I remember one in in particular that just made it feel like Mm -hmm. such a business transaction and like, it is a business transaction, but you also can have like in the, I related to the medical field of having bedside manners. This Mm -hmm. guy had no bedside manner. I don't know if you remember him. I do in downtown Stewart. Oh my God. Yep. God, how is that guy still licensed? Anyway, we literally left that office and we both looked at each other and said, absolutely not. Yeah. Never stepping foot in this place again. Um, but yeah, we did find an attorney that said they were willing to represent us. Um, I submitted to them the form that I had signed, which is hilarious because further down the road, they literally used my exact same form and just filed it with the court. You should have been a lawyer. I don't know. I like being a pharmacist. Yeah. 
but so so yeah so highly recommend find an attorney that you feel comfortable with that is willing to represent you because um you want somebody that's going to be ready to fight anything in the courtroom with the judge if need be as was in our case and we'll tell you about that a little later um but knowing but go into this knowing in Florida and I think in a, in many states, just because you are on the birth certificate, because I was, we were both listed as moms in the birth certificate, does not give you any parental rights. So finding that out, I knew that being on the birth certificate wouldn't protect me in case something happened to you. Um, so we knew that the adoption had to happen. Yes. The adoption was definitely a mandatory thing to do. Um so we went to the attorneys. The process of having the donor sign his rights off was kind of lengthy, right? I feel like they had to do like several 30-day checks to make sure that nobody wanted to claim the, the child as theirs. So after that was done, our bill, I, f- I feel like they quoted us like $5,500. Yeah, that's that was the original quote. Yeah. So we were up to about $12,000 for this signing off his rights and Haley adopting the baby. We got up to about 12000 At that point, we said, okay, we can't do this anymore. We just want to pay for to make sure that the donor has his rights signed off. Right. You know, because at that point, you were in school. You know, we weren't making we were that much of, money. We were out of funds. Yeah. So at that point, we're like, okay, we don't have any more to give you guys. So please just let's finish the signing off of the rights and we'll revisit the adoption later when we can find, you know, financially afford it. At that point, we get an email back from their office and they said, from here on out, you will pay nothing. The rest of this will be completely... Pro bono. Yes. And that kind of shocked us. But then when we figured out, we were their first same-sex adoption case. That they ma- could add to their portfolio. Yeah, it made a little bit more sense. Um, so we were really happy about that. So backtracking a little bit. So, so the donor, you know, Hispanic, we wanted to make sure that we kept that just so that you know, our son could share a little bit of both of us, even though my genetics weren't included, but they look like they were. That's what I wanted to get. My at. son does not have blue eyes. I can tell you that. <laughs> or blonde hair. So it's nope. funny because we went to the hospital, Crystal's in labor, and we go through the process. She didn't feel anything, which <laughs> I hate you very much for that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. she delivers the baby. We're post we're in a postpartum room. And the nurses all come up to me and they're like, mom, do you need anything? Are you in pain? And I was, I literally wanted to die laughing. That's bullshit. <laughs> I wanted to die laughing because there's Crystal laying bullshit. like after just delivering the baby. And I'm like, it wasn't me. It was her. <laughs> so it was hilarious because that happened basically every day we were at the hospital. They all thought it was me because he was so he looked just like me. He still looks just like he you. He still does. Especially now that your hair's cut short. Yeah, it was so funny. He, so now you have Sophia, who's your twin. I, who's like your male twin. Yeah. And we have a dog that has like dark hair too. I mean. Shit, we might have to have another baby. I mean. No, just kidding. <laughs> Guys, come on. I'm going to put a poll at the end of this uh, episode and no. tell Crystal, convince Crystal to, to have another baby. No. <laughs> Maybe this one will be a uh, blonde blue eyes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Especially if you if you uh, if I birth it, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, so it was really funny, and I feel like that was just the trend, like throughout, like the first doctor appointments. But until the doctors were like, come like knew us, 
they all thought that I was Kai's birth mom. So it was it was pretty funny to navigate that. And I feel like it was a different time in Florida with instead of like what's going on now where we felt comfortable going to the doctors and just being like, oh, yeah, we're both moms. We're both moms. I don't know if that would feel a little bit different now with like the the bill that just went through. The doctors can discriminate based on um, on sexual orientation and, and that. Eh, I think that's all bullshit. What do you mean by that? I mean, if we went to the doctor and somebody refused to treat us, I'd be like, all right, bye. Like, you're not even worth my time. I know, but you're still going through that. I don't know. And your kid's still going through that. There's a million doctors out there. I guess you could. Somebody doesn't want to treat you. Go next door. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's just I don't know. I think that's wrong of human beings, but it's totally wrong, and they're violating their oath. That's yeah, but that's a conversation for another day. So, um, I did find equalityflorida.org. That is one of the resources that I used for the information that you know we gathered and the research we did before we started the whole process so i highly recommend going there they have a few um articles where they you know they share information they answer questions about you know same-sex uh adoption and third-party adoption uh step-parent adoption so different things to look at so make sure if you're going through this process you can go there and um and educate yourself i feel this is a process that yes it's full of love and it's exciting but you have to go in with knowledge yes because it could go wrong really quick and you can get majorly screwed yes and we wanted to make sure that was never going to happen in our family absolutely despite our differences so in our contract and not everybody does this because some people have that um and i've seen this before where some people have that the donor and the child can meet um, early on and kind of have like a uncle relationship-ish style. We did not want that. Nope. We wanted complete separation. You donate, that's it, you're done. Um, we do have in our contract that we are able to disclose to Kai who the donor is when he turns 18. How do you feel about that? Um... I don't really have any bad feelings about that at all. I know that we both give our son everything that he needs from a mo- like mother father perspective. We give him everything. We give him all the love and we're raising him to be a good human being. So when he turns 18 and he wants to meet the person, you know, who helped create him, his donor, I don't know if I would have an issue with that because we both know who the guy is. We both know he is a really good human we wouldn't have picked him if he wasn't right um and i don't know where he's going to be at in his life when he's 18 so that could be another con or when our son is 18 so that could be another conflict but i don't have any bad feelings about him meeting his donor do you advise people who are going through this to put a clause in their contract about you know meeting and how do you what do you think i think that goes differently for everybody based on their situation because like you said some people want him to be involved as an uncle or maybe even as another parental figure with less rights i don't know how that would work um it's called a tri-parent adoption yeah fuck that that's a hot mess yeah no that's like drama from all three sides yeah that's a lot so i mean it but, but yeah it's different based on everybody's situation 
because we both know this person and yes, he is excellent, but I wouldn't want him to be involved in making decisions for our son. No, absolutely not. So, yeah. I think, I think we went in knowing what we were getting ourselves into. Mm -hmm. Um, So now I want to fast forward to the day of the adoption. (laughs) So we went through this whole process. We pay the 12 grand. We're at our wits end because it was the longest process ever when it shouldn't have been, but that's just the legal system for you. We were there dressed up. We have Kai. He was what, like six months at the time. Yeah, he was probably six months. He was like six months at the time. And we had started this process right after he was born. Yeah, like he was a week old when Mm -hmm. we went to the attorney and said, okay, let's get everything signed. We were expecting this to be done in a month because, Mm -hmm. hey, all parties agree. We're all signing everything. Bing, bang, boom. We thought it was going to be in and out. No. (laughs) Longest process of life. So the adoption day came. Um, We're all dressed up. Kai was six months. Sophie's in the cutest little dress. And they call our name. Our attorney goes up, um, submits all the paperwork, lets the, or he had already submitted the paperwork. So he tells the, the judge, your honor, all parties are in, in agreement. We've turned in all the paperwork. Everything should be set to finalize the adoption. Boom. The judge is like, nope, you're missing a piece of paper. You, you're making me look bad. Like this judge just started going off on the lawyer in front of us and our two very young children. It was so uncomfortable. So basically said, um, I can't grant this adoption because there's paperwork missing and um, this doesn't wasn't done the right way. The attorney said, Your Honor, we just completed a heterosexual adoption. That's the word he used. Heterosexual adoption less than a month ago with the exact same paperwork. Tell me what is different about this one. So basically called him out for being a homophobe. And um, the judge was like, oh, uh, uh, and he was like, your honor, all the paperwork is there. Everything is completed and signed the exact same way. What are we missing? And he was like, don't do this to me again. You're making me sound like a jerk. Um, I'm going to do I'm going to grant it this one time. But next time, make sure everything's in order. And our attorney again went back and said everything is in order. So the judge was basically. Cornered. Like an asshole. He looked. He, he, he well. First of all, he was an asshole, but um, he did end up granting. So it was sad because we were so excited, we were so happy, yeah, so happy talking to the attorney before we were called in, and like we were just so excited. And then this asshole just comes and like dampens our day. Yeah, you know, it was the first same-sex adoption case in our county, right? So I don't know, and maybe that had. A role to play with how he reacted i don't know i don't, I don't know. know it I was awful it, it was it was horrific like it literally i would not want to do that again the happiest day turned into like sour shit and our children got the the negative energy from that too because yeah. sophia's face you know when it, she went from smiling and happy and she was what five four four it, or five at the time months, she was five yeah so you know for a child to feel that negative energy and then to have questions after, because I remember she in the car, she was like, but why, why did he say no at first? I, yeah. I don't, why we were ready. We were there. You know, it was like heartbreaking. Yeah. Just because we're two women, like just stop. Like, you know, I just don't understand. And that's the part that kills me about homophobia. Like we give our kids the best life, everything, everything and beyond everything, like things that people like wouldn't even dream of as adults. 
And then, you know, they're going to fight us on it when you have people who are doing drugs while they're pregnant, uh, giving their kids away or abusing their children. That's just that's what I don't understand about people who allow hate to to fill them up so much that they're I don't know. I don't even know. I don't have words to explain that, but we were able to get through it. Kind of put a damper on the whole adoption thing, but guess what? He's my son through and through. He was from the minute he got into your stomach. Yes, I agree. <laughs> um, I agree. But, you know, we're not attorneys. We are not giving legal advice by any means, but get informed. Before you start this process, have your ducks in a row, have your paperwork signed, get it notarized, even though, yes, you can adopt until the baby's born, you can have everything ready and that will make a difference. It will at least give you peace of mind of protection of some sort. Um, make sure that you have your donor tested for everything under the moon. Make sure that you and your partner are on the same page because when you face that adoption point, um, you know, going through the attorney and the costs and going before the judge, you have to be a solidified team. I mean, what would you have done if I did not feel comfortable with you adopting Kai? Well, that would... <laughs> You know, you just want both partners to be protected because obviously when you start this process, you're both going into the process together, selecting the donor. We were both very much a part of that. Um, I uh, I don't have the words to say this, but I put him inside of you. Yes, you did. <laughs> so, you know, he's, it. yeah, he was my son through and through um, from the moment of conception. So I can't even like fathom the idea of not adopting him and legally being uh, i remember the judge being like do you understand that you will be forever legally responsible for this kid and i was like yes that was the point yeah he's like you're gonna have to pay child support if you guys don't work out all of these things that like he kept bringing up and i was like obviously yeah you know like i obviously know this if we've just paid twelve thousand dollars to go through this process we paid for the donor like obviously i know what this entails but it was just so you know put in a shitty way that i would just make sure you and your partner are on the same page before you even start um you know that the this adoption process. yeah the process it's yes. a lengthy process same page hey soon as the baby's born you're adopting the baby don't answer for butts and if there is any question on that then you guys should not be going through this process that's my opinion at least like even if we didn't work out you know i mean we've been together for eight years and i hope together we're i hope that we're together for 60 more but even if we didn't work out i would still want kai with you like you are his mom i'm his mom i know so there would be no like as much as i would hate it you know to have my child taken away from me for a certain amount of days of the week like you're still his mom right like you're no i'm no more his mom than you are exactly him no more yeah and i feel like that's the bottom line of this whole conversation before yeah. you start the process both of you need to be in sync on the same page knowing that adoption has to happen and if there's any doubt in your mind that adoption can happen don't do it yeah absolutely not don't do it it's fucking crazy fucking crazy i would have fucking it's fucking crazy you got to be on the same page having a baby is the biggest deal the biggest decision you're going to make, you know, you're committing to a life, lifelong partnership with this person on co-parenting if you guys don't work out. Yeah. But like, it's huge. So being on the same page is a must. And I mean, that doesn't 
you know, go to say that we don't have different parenting styles We because we very much do for both kids. Yes. But for the most part, when it comes to like important decisions, we're always on the same page mm-hmm. because obviously, you know, our children's well-being comes before anything else. So, uh, yeah, just, you know, make sure you and your partner are on are writing the same wavelength. So do you have any extra advice before we finish off today? for same-sex couples who are looking into the process of starting off yeah having a baby like you've already said a hundred times do your research make sure you're on the same page um make sure you know what you both want out of this because you got to kind of put your selfishness aside and uh think of this human being that you're bringing into the world and that's hard yeah. So just do your research, be on the same page, know that adoption is a must. And if not, then I mean, you're crazy because you're not protecting yourself in the future because you never know what, what the future holds. Or your child. Yeah. <laughs> your yeah. child can get taken away from you. Yeah. So do your research and uh, and make sure the person you're with is is the one you want to be with for the next 18 years, whether you are together or not, because not, you're going to co-parent with them if you don't physically, if you're not still physically together. And one other thing. If you are already in this process and are pregnant, congratulations. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to our spiel. This was another episode of Let's Be Honest. I'd love it if you could subscribe to the podcast and share this episode with everyone you know. Your feedback is super welcomed and helpful. Please email us at lesbianist411 at gmail.com. Add us on Instagram at lesbianist underscore 411. I want your voice to be heard. Let me know what you want to hear. Let me know what you want to talk about. Reach out to me if you want to be interviewed on the podcast. Your stories matter. I'm excited to share them with you. Until next time, stay true, stay proud, and always remember to keep it honest. <laughs>